everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee. We're doing an A to Z, just in case you're not aware, an A to Z journey for the entire discography of Metallica. Metallica are one of my favourite bands, you know, an incredible band for millions and millions of people, I'm sure, including my guest today. Really excited to get to him. But just before we do, please follow the show. If you're if you're digging the show, we're at Alpha Beta- we're at uh, Metallica Pod, I should say. The show's called Alpha Metallica. That's on Twitter. If you want to get at me, you know, um, that's a great way to do it. MetallicaPod at gmail.com as well is also really good. People have been sending in emails. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be on the show, if you just want to chat Metallica, how did you get into Metallica? What you know, favourite memories, favourite songs, whatever. I've got a great email to read out uh, in a few minutes from someone who did exactly that. So get at me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We have a Patreon as well. I know it's very early, but we have a Patreon. If you want to donate, a few people have, which is incredible. Thank you so much to those. Thank you especially to Joe, uh, Joker, you know, great, great guy as ever. Um, so yeah, if you want to go on there, you can sort of listen to the show early. You can get access to kind of episodes or go on there, you know, exclusively perhaps as well. Um, stuff like Live Binge, Shit and Splurge, where myself and a guest are going to go through classic Metallica concerts the first one that should be on there in about a week or so we're going to review uh, moscow 91 the famous metallica show in the recently liberated post-soviet empire incredible incredible show check that out we're going to do that on there what else is there to say please subscribe please comment all that good stuff my guest today you know alpha metallica really setting out to be a journey uh, you know a, a, of, of brothers and sisters that sounds really lame but you know people on the show uh, to share it with it, i didn't want it to be a solo project really partly because i can't stand the sound of my own voice and, you know, and i've done a few i've done like am i savage and two by four and stuff like that. And i'm going to continue doing them if there are holes but hopefully there won't be hopefully by now you know i've got like the next 20 or so episodes planned for this so people are getting on board and i want to have a mixture you know i want to have the, the the you know the high academics i recently had the editor of kerrang on the show i've had martin Popoff, who has written numerous books on, on hundreds of great bands including metallica written some brilliant metallica books uh you know to, to the vloggers like andre Vasilenko, to the friends you know like alex cottrell sam wiles dave um, and, and now yourself, John, you know, all people that are close to me that love Metallica. Great to have you on, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm excited to yeah. say the least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's awesome to have you on. I should say, just as a bit of background, me and John have been friends for many, many years. Uh, you know, I guess what since like sixteen, seventeen, or something, like quite early uh, on. Yeah, um, pro- probably earlier. But I, I remember distinctly us sort of jamming, and obviously I remember you playing drums. And oh, you, for sure. You know, you went on to guitar. You know, John's a brilliant guitar player, a, a brilliant musician, I should say as well, a bass player for a band currently, which is quite fitting for the song we're going to get into. I'm sure we'll get into Pleasure House later, but you know, it's great to have John on. A big fan, aren't you? Um, well, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, Tom. <laughs> um, I've listened to them throughout the years for, yeah. you know, um, listened to everything, loved everything. You know, there's haters out there that sort of love an album and hate the next one. Right. I don't know. I, I just sort of love everything they've done as, you know, as far as you can go as like individual albums, just, um, but yeah, Kill Em All. Yeah. S- such a great album to skate to. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of um, it kind of has a Tony Hawk's freshness to it, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into Kill 'Em All. We'll get into anesthesia pulling teeth. You know, all, all all this sort of intricate stuff here. But I just want to kick off before we do um, receive some messages. As I say, uh, people get in touch with the show. A lot of people, great people that I've been contact you know talking to on the Twitter uh, at Metallica Pod. You know, shout out to all those sort of people. It's great to sort of you know hear from you and feel your retweets but people have also sent us emails and i got this interesting email um john this actually came through today this came through a few hours ago this is from a guy 
Sam Briefer, I believe his name is. Excuse me if I'm getting that wrong. He starts, hi, Tom. Big up, Sam. Big up, big up, Sam. In, you know, wiles and Briefer, but mostly Briefer. Um, <laughs> hi, Tom. Uh, he, Sam starts, uh, wanted to write to you saying that I've just listened through all seven of your podcasts so far and I absolutely love them. I'm definitely a big Metallica fan and actually got into them through a racing video game when I was little. I've listened to more songs from that a few years later and I've grown to like them and still do today. Anyway, I don't know if you get a lot of requests from listeners wanting to be a guest on the show for certain songs, but if it were possible, could I please be a guest on the song Fuel? I haven't emailed that yet. Obviously, I will when this comes out, but yes, of course. So, Sam, come on, do Fuel. That'll be really good. That is one of my favourite songs because I grew up with that when I was like eight or nine and that was a song that introduced me to Metallica. Thanks for reading this. Keep up the great work with the show. Can't wait for the next song of the week. I mean, thank you so much, Sam. Uh, great to have you on for Fuel. John, just as a kind of random question, Fuel, are you a fan of that song? It's a tune, mate. It, 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 like it's one of those ones that as a kid it was it's very off the gates and, and especially when you listen to reload it's like fuel followed by memory remains there's this sense of immediacy there's this kind of you know, thematic play there it's a bit of a kind of you know from this kind of uh petrified brit status it's kind of a nascar <laughs> kind of you know petrol head which it kind of is you know it is kind of a, oh, it, um, it's 100 percent that but it's a, it's a fucking good song it's a, it it's a really well, like, if you just understand what it means, are, it's nothing more than a kind of a high-octane sort of driving number. <laughs> it's awesome. The guitar solo's great. I think Kirk sounds great on it. I've just had that, that, that many impressions of, uh, give me a fuel, give me fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all that. Yeah. So many impressions. Pro- probably the most memed Metallica song, is that fair to say? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, probably agree with you on that. I mean, if you, uh, anyone that disagrees, uh, at com, it'd be great to hear from you. But just just before we get into <laughs> just before we get into anesthesia as a whole, I want to read. You know, I, I mean, if you get in contact with the show, I want to hear from you, and if it's interesting, I'm going to share it on the show, and I want to share my first bit of hate mail, John. Okay. So, Go on, then. Um, this is from Reddit. So I posted the podcast on uh, Reddit. It was the Unjustice for All episode. You know, just recently released this with a uh, good friend of the show, Sam Wall. Shout out, Sam. And uh, put this onto the um, put this onto uh, R Metallica, which is a great subreddit for sharing things. Anyway. I don't get any comments, you know, I get, get like eight or nine upvotes, which is fair enough, you know, I appreciate it's a forum for the band and you're just kind of sharing shit in there, but whatever, you know, see what people say, occasionally people give some good feedback. Anyway, I get this message, a private message, um, that was actually from, you know what it says, from deleted in brackets, so they've kind of like ended their profile mm-hmm. or whatever before before they got yeah, back into yeah. it. So, you know, I get this message and it's from deleted, so, you know, I don't know, I don't even have a username to go off, but anyway, here's what it starts, and this is in, in reference to Unjustice for All. The title of the po- post, by the way, uh, is Why Do You bother when you shit on the song so i think i think i got chills man i got yeah, chills yeah. i can't not, wait not, for this not a question though just why do you bother when you shit on the song you know no question yeah at the end. he begins absolutely atrocious review of one of the band's most loved songs so it, <laughs> our take on injustice Roll, which by the way was fair but i i still praise the song i think if you listen back but anyway i'm not going to interrupt i'm going to just we'll go for this so absolutely atrocious review of one of the band's most loved songs Prefacing every negative comment with, quote, I really like the song is a waste of time when you proceed to tear the song apart and hate on it. Then you proceed to tear into Kirk Hammett. Seriously? As for your mate, who's, this is Sam, as for your mate who sounds like he's only listened to the song twice, he can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted continues. Sorry, Sam, sorry, Sam but I know, what he, I know what he means. Right, right, right. <laughs> Oh, Sam, it always happens. Um, he says, uh, quote, he continues, get back, this is to me, get back to your hip-hop contests, which I guess is the battle rap resume uh, thing. Yeah, um, he's, he's done his research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, 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 I've you know, I've, I've sort of pimped it out quite a bit, so he's probably heard it garish. <laughs> uh, get back to your hip-hop contests. You're not fit to drop the needle on a Metallica record. Your podcast sucks. Clowns, the both of you. 
<laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I just wanted to share that with people. It depends what you think about that. I thought it was quite uh, interesting. I mean, I take the criticism. It was, it was firm. Yeah, it was Very fun. Firm. It, it was well written. Um, you know, it was powerful. And, you know, big up to that guy, that girl, that, that, that person, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to annoy anyone with this podcast. It's Do just mi- miscellaneous deleted for yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, I'm not trying to rile anyone here in any way. It's just music. It's just fun to talk about. Fun yeah. to have on. Obviously, I love Metallica. <laughs> and uh, well, I was going to say, obviously, you've created the podcast because you fucking love the band it's like yeah 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 um precisely like it's not this vehicle for me to shit on them it's you know it is for most yeah yeah for for most of the part it's going to be it's going to be praising so talking of praising you know let's get away from this someone who certainly wasn't a clown someone who is a god you know someone who like i've wanted to talk about this person on the podcast a lot and it's kind of difficult a bit with this podcast where i'm like you know certain concepts i'm just introducing by talking about them on song and sometimes i feel they need a bit more grounding perhaps Cliff Burton is someone that definitely needs a bit more grounding in the certain mythos of Metallica, you know, an incredible human being, um, you know, a wonderful, wonderful instrumentalist. And obviously anesthesia, pulling teeth, in brackets, pulling teeth. This is the first instrumental of Metallica. It's on Killer Mall, it's in the middle. It's a weird sort of explosive prog. I mean, we're going to, you know, we're going to get into it note by note shortly. But I just, I, <laughs> I just, I just want to kind of spend a little time just, um, you know, I've got quite a collection here of, of sort of metallica books and stuff and i found some really nice passages about cliff so maybe stuff you haven't heard so we're going to get into that shortly but just before i do john um cliff burton as a player to you what, what does he mean oh um as, as i said earlier like listen to metallica since i was a little kid so obviously been influenced by him from one point to another classically trained obviously again turned me on to things like that so it shows where it can come through in like rock playing and stuff like if you if you're listening and you're getting lessons or whatever it's worth going get classical lessons you're never not going to need to know that shit cliff burton as a player fantastic yeah yeah and i mean you know it's crucial he wasn't just uh, to quote another bass player that i know we both adore john he wasn't just a billy sheehan <laughs> you, you know in a certain way he wasn't not, not that billy sheehan isn't a good songwriter but billy sheehan the technician you know no. billy, billy sheehan from mr big one day by the way i'm gonna do a mr big podcast um i think when i'm older i think they're one of those bands that needs like the recognition they're they're such a fucking good band i think the first two albums especially um you know lean into it etc it kind of you know just incredible yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be the first person to uh suggest my song for that podcast yeah. <laughs> It's like I do the alphabet again, but this time it's Mr. Big. It's yeah. like this guy won't stop. Like, you know, I could do loads though. You could, you know, I think a lot of people could do loads. But um, you know, Cliff, it's it's endless. It is endless. You know, that's the beauty of it. Cliff, you know, he's a virtuoso like Billy, but like he's a pioneer. You know, he's an artist. And um, I just want to quote um a little bit from Birth School Metallica Death, the, your constant companion in this podcast. I had Paul Brannigan on the show recently. Um, Kerrang editor, guy who co-wrote this book, great guy. Anyway, this is from the book, and this is concerning sort of Burton's upbringing. It says, quote, um, on May 19th, 1975, Scott Burton, who was um, Cliff's brother, was the victim of a cerebral aneurysm. The 16-year-old was taken to hospital but later died. Needless to say, the effect on the family unit was both searing and immediate. Friends of Cliff, the insular and quietly defiant remaining son, observed that although the death of his older brother affected him in a profound manner, this loss was something about which he rarely spoke. Instead, it seems that the enigmatic 13-year-old opted to give voice to his grief in the form of actions, actions which, as befits the cliché, spoke louder than the words he chose to rarely utter. 
Although Burton had begun playing the bass guitar and prior to that piano, before the tragedy that befell his family, it seems that the loss of a sibling served to focus his mind on the task at his fingers. He studied not only the popular bass players of the day, musicians such as Rush's Geddy Lee and Black Sabbath's Geezer Butler, but also the scales and notations heard in Bach and Beethoven, as well as the disciplines of Baroque music. As his talents grew, the young player would practice up to six hours a day, his abilities sufficient to outgrow the tutelage of more than one music teacher. So, you know, we have within this kind of, you know, this genesis of Cliff here, there's something quite tragic, you know, the the passing of of his close brother. And I I remember reading in Back to the Front, which is the Metallica sort of uh, Master of Puppets coffee table book. There was there was a fan talking about how he he complimented Cliff on on a hat he was wearing. And Cliff was like, oh, thanks. It was my brothers who like passed away. And, you know, really kind of nice interaction there. And, you know, to go on to that obsessive, you know, practicing, which I'm sure you're familiar with, John, the sort of the the woodshedding that that he was exhibiting there. It it shows there was a remarkable talent from the off, really. There was real potential there. The uniqueness of Cliff, really, I think, is something something that shines through. And, you know, the guy is astonishing revelation. And the song begins bass solo take one. I quite like that it starts with just someone just saying that and it plays. Yeah, I quite like that. Sort of brings it back down to earth. It's always nice to... uh hear other bands in the studio like however cliche it is people uploading like video logs and shit of them in the studio mm-hmm. i still think it's great like brings them back to earth as i said and sort of humanizes the whole mm. them being so high up there as gods of rock and shit <laughs> yeah but i mean i mean back then you know kill em all was was very sort of early days and like it, when I, i've been listening to this song obviously endlessly over the past week or so just really kind of hammering what, it what's your favorite song off kill em all my favorite probably motor breath I think I think yeah. I, I I love I love the riffs. I think it's a very original song. I think the solo is really compelling as well. But what, what about yourself? Fair play. Um, I don't know, man. I, because being um, in like some sort of random covers band when I was learning at school, mm. um, we always used to go through like playing shit like Master of Puppets. And then I remember um, the singer at the time, uh, Neil Johnson. He was like, ah. Oh, I love this song, Am I Evil? Oh yeah! <laughs> so we started playing. We started playing Am I Evil at, um, at like all the school concerts and that. Oh. <laughs> yes, I, remember, I am. Um, one time, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one time I was playing drums at one of these little school concerts, mm. and um, it was like the first time that the drums were on a stage riser. Right. So I was playing away, like we we're, were like ten seconds into it, um, and the bass drum just fell off the rise. Oh no. <laughs> The, yeah, fuck the whole Rock thing. Rock and roll, man. Shut the curtains. Literally, <laughs> the whole school was laughing. There, so I was just sort of sat there like, shit. <laughs> that's stardom, man. That's, that's the first taste. But, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah pro- probably I am evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Am I evil, sorry. Am I evil, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean... Yeah, it was on a, I think it was on a Kill 'Em All. Uh, sorry, Creeping Death single originally or something like that. But yeah. The, yeah, because it, it was... Uh, Added on um, to the re-release, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Diamond Head. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, the Diamond Head cover, of course. But when you think of the album, when you think of, you know, songs like Motor Breath, songs like, you know, Am I Evil, Four Horsemen, whatever, Anastasia really sticks out, doesn't it? It's, it's a lot proggier than the rest of the album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the bass tone alone, it's just it's just dripping with reverb and, like, obviously he's slaying the, uh, slaying the Big Muff and the Wah. Just, yeah. It's just, like, overall the bass tone just sort of engulfs the whole 
um, I don't know, whether you're listening through headphones or whatever, it just sort of puts mm. your head in a little box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All you can hear is just... It's interesting because it, it's such a showcase, really, for Cliff. And it's great that we get this fuzz bass and a kind of classic, you know, retreating arpeggio set. It's very hypnotic, actually. And it's kind of a lot of the song gets its power from being anchored around those kind of octave bass shifts. Like, you know, it's played with yeah. those kind of, you know, that sense of a kind of uh, a build there. But I, I love its exploratory nature. It reminds me a little bit of Guthrie Govan that when you first hear it. Yeah, I think that's what drew me to like it. With, yeah. um, you know, if it was if I heard it for the first time, obviously, I never really cared for it when I was younger. But like hearing it again, like after you requested me to, you know, do it on a podcast, mm-hmm. it, was, it was quite refreshing just hearing it because I, I would have heard it as sort of like literally just a mishmash of riffs that he jammed on or just a couple of little licks that he wanted to play in the same mm. key or same songs as one of these other ones but yeah as, as you say listening through it it's like it just flows doesn't it as, mm. as you say like a guthrie govan mm-hmm. piece mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like uh, when you look at guthrie it's suddenly very clinical in a way even yeah. though it's, it's still very human and you know, it, it just it, when <laughs> there's there's rarely two words in rock that will usher as many eye rolls as bass solo. Like you know, it's just it's just true. And like this is coming from a guy who you know I I love this sort of shit. Like you know, I eat it up, but I understand. But I think this is so much more than that. You know, the, okay, the end of the song, the drums come in and it becomes a bit more classic. You know, he's laying down a rhythm yeah. on top. But even that just, ends with some mad sounds that he's conjuring. From yeah, that uh, sort of halfway through that last bit, I think it's like like three minutes on or something um just sort of a build uh and he's just sort of like sliding and bending up and it it just sounds like um sounds like the build up to one of the solos in a thunder and lightning uh thin lizzie song oh right it's it's interesting interesting you mentioned that actually because i was watching them i don't know if you know america um metallica on this stadium tour at the moment um you know they're fucking slaying america and one of the cool things they're doing which i think so good is if you're at the concert, they give you like a code, and you can live stream like um, <laughs> uh, them like warming up and shit. And like obviously, oh, that's people have put it on YouTube, and they're really fucking good. And just the other day, actually, James was playing "Cold Sweat" by Finn Lizzy, which is off that Thunder and Lightning oh, album. Dude. It was the, it was the oh, yeah na 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 na. Yeah, it's so. I mean, I love Finn Lizzy. That again, Finn Lizzy, another one I could do a podcast on easily. But, I mean, <laughs> so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, right. you'd have so many people to do it with as well. Oh, people, would, yeah, because I mean, everyone loves Finn Lizzy. Like that was one of the things that I found with Finn Lizzy was when I when I my dad like introduced to him when I was quite young, and I always really liked them. Obviously, they're great, but I was always like, oh, it's kind of a dad band, even though they're awesome. And then I remember seeing like literally the same day, I saw Axl Rose and James Hetfield like rocking Finn Lizzy shirts, like, <laughs> and I was like, are they just a cool band? I didn't realize. I was like. You know, but I mean, obviously they, they they play to those kind of you know harmonising strengths there. Classic, classic good songwriting oh, yeah. as well. But you know, getting back to Anesthesia as a whole, really, I love not only the classical aspirations it has, but the the modern inclinations, the use of that wah early on that wah. Yeah. Uh... Oh, I can't even remember the uh, the melody, but like mm. he just does, he does like the four notes. It's a dun That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and, nah, 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 nah. and sometimes he'll just go off pissed, almost like a singer warbling. Like you know the notes, uh, the shapes he casts. It's have very... you seen? Um, it's it's not hard to find. There's a you well, it's on YouTube now. Um, of, of him live. Yeah, it's a yeah. clip from all. It's just yeah, yeah, ma- it's amazing. Mashed together, like. There's like a standalone video of a anesthesia, and it's just like, even from the start, he's like doing the little arpeggiated 
you know, arpeggiating notes, and then in between them, he's just doing like a mad little trill. Yeah. Between between all of them, though, he's just obviously yeah, yeah. Go, going off on one. Yeah, I've yeah I've seen that, and uh, you know, Cliff is this absolute genius, which I think it's so good we have this song because I think maybe other than any other song, arguably a Ryan as well, but I think you know more. <laughs> I mean, a Ryan is a masterpiece, obviously yeah, as well, yeah. but uh, I think a Ryan's actually a lot better than this song, even though this is great. But I think I think a Ryan just a, a, it's maybe perfection musically, Metallica for me. I think a Ryan. I think it's exactly what I want from Metallica's mm. music, and it, you rarely get. And I think Cliff that's was, a fair comment. Cliff was yeah, I think in a certain sense, Cliff was central to that. But I mean, you know, Cliff was this genius really. And just to turn back quickly to the book to the birth school metallica book dave mustaine who is a figure that you know i adore a certain era of dave mustaine yeah. i adore kind of late 80s early 90s megadeth you can't get better than that in my eyes like it's so so good but dave mustaine here talking the book and here it says dave mustaine recalls cliff being what he describes as a star bass player before <laughs> adding that the term alone star bass player should tell you something because bass players are typically the bottom of the rock and roll food chain guitar players and singers are at the top drummers in the middle bass players at the bottom i was once quoted as saying playing bass is to step up from playing the kazoo which certainly pissed off a lot of bass players but it's essentially true of course there are exceptions to every rule and cliff was certainly not a glorified kazoo player he was brilliant the first time i saw him play i knew he was something special and so did lars and james which is why they began surreptitiously courting cliff while roy mcgovney was still in the band so obviously you know um ron mcgovney so ron mcgovney isn't what, long f- what's this from this is from birth school metallica <laughs> it's really good isn't it it's really well written see that's the trouble it sounds really good but it also sounds like a child's story like children's <laughs> the story of cliff yeah of cliff and ron yeah um <laughs> but you know there is that you know obviously he was a superstar in a band of superstars that's kind of what of what, what, what 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 makes it crazy for me thinking about Metallica. They all had their strengths, really. Lars was the PR guy to, to an incredible level. His personality was like nothing else. He knew how to sell the band. James is obviously the genius songwriter back then. Dave was, you know, a sort of p- pronounced solo player. And to have Cliff involved as well, like, it, you know, the meeting of the minds. Do you, do you still listen to a lot of Megadeth? Yeah. Because I, um, I heard you mention on one of your previous episodes, um, you like Marty Friedman as well. Oh, Marty, Marty Friedman like is is God um, compared to Kirk Hammett. Yeah, he 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 was one he was one of my favorite guitarists for a long time. He's a he, like his his playing style. You know, I've I've had a podcast, I've had a playlist on recently of just Rust in Peace, Euthanasia, <laughs> uh, so far so good, so what? No, I know he doesn't play on that, but but that sort of era. But mostly Rust in Peace and Euthanasia. His solos on some of those songs are so original. They are so. It's some of the best, yeah. like nineties, like rock soloing I've heard. Like it's yeah. astonishingly no, it's, it's, consistent. But like for me as a guitar player, it's quite pivotal point listening to him. Like with my first job and just sort of listening to them with the uh, like with the head chef, just like loving the solos. Oh man, um, um, going home and trying to learn them and shit. Like, but we're here to talk about metallica um you know primarily. of course we are and uh anesthesia pulling deep i mean let's talk about the title i don't know where it comes from what's your take on the title you know when you first put it out there that you wanted me to do this particular song i was a bit jealous and a bit sort of like ah uh, i kind of want to talk about one with a bit of story and yeah lyrics sure, and sure. um but yeah I, I have no idea i just i just thought you know i just think it's funny like whenever you see him do it live like a couple of videos you just see james come up and he's like you ready to get your teeth pulled and right, like that's all right. that's all you hear from word wise and then mm. they just start playing it. yeah yeah i mean it's it's anything 
you know it's not certainly not toothless i should say you know there's some it's it, it's it's quite numbing though so yeah the sound is kind of isn't it yeah i suppose yeah. i can sort of see where it yeah maybe that's where it comes from actually that's quite interesting kind of a groan almost you know kind of guttural sort of thing there but yeah i mean it, maybe it, he just named it when he was uh, at the dentist and he was like fucking hell i know i know what i'm gonna call that yeah. instrumental piece probably that's what i would say probably to that but yeah just the whole pull of this song really it is a a tale of two cities you know we get the sort of longer section which is more of a conventional solo section even though he's obviously keeping the rhythm with the drums i you know for me though i i I love the song you know entirely as a piece but the first section i think i just find it so interesting to listen to i love hearing where he goes i love hearing the range of notes that he picks it almost feels feels a little flamboyant but like we were saying earlier when you actually sort of engage in it it's such a moody moving kind of piece yeah it is um i don't know i think that's why i'm sort of leaning on the whole idea of maybe they just called it anesthesia because it's like it's just him in his zone you know yeah from an earlier reference, you know, maybe sort of thinking about his brother or whatever, practicing mm. just in his own little world. He's just numbed his mind to everything else and he's just playing bass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the you know, I want to hear as well, of course, everyone, what you think of this song. Please comment below. Let us know, you know, get us Twitter at MetallicaPod and stuff like that. A book that I've really been enjoying recently um, by Mick Wall and Malcolm Dome called Metallica, the Music and the Mayhem. It's kind of like a sort of book version of Alpha Metallica in a sense. It has all the songs and like a little review of every song. And the reviews are really good, actually. They're really sort of useful to just sort of look at what other people think of Metallica songs. And we seem to be on the same wavelength for a lot of it. And uh, they have quite a good review, actually, of Anisphesia, which I'll just read here. This is by um, Malcolm Dome. Um, getting into the song, he says that uh, a bass solo from Cliff on Kill em All was almost logical. And he made it work, bringing all his style, talent and individually to bear on a rumbling, roaring performance that leaps out of the speakers. Listening back now to this track, one is amazed at how vital and vibrant he sounds. And even when the rest of the band jump into the musical fire with him, he still dominates, leading from the front, a true general amidst a phalanx of foot troops. So, I mean, again, great writing, love, you know, great opinion as well. And, you know, it, it is that song, isn't it? Like, it kind of, it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience throughout. And it's... I just love how brazen it is on Kill em All. I, I love how it's just at the centre of this thing. You know, before it we have Jump in the Fire, after it we have Whiplash, in the yes, middle. It, it is a strange like placing for its, you yeah. know, for its housing in the album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly. But it's, you know, nonetheless, it is a fantastic song. I mean, John, any, any closing thoughts on this instrumental song? <laughs> to be honest with you, no. no. Honestly, no. no. Cliff would approve of that honesty. So I, I appreciate in his honour as well. That That is great of you. And just before we wrap up here on this Cliff stuff, I just want to um, quote again from... Um, if I can find this, I'm just searching on the book here. Yeah, here we are. I just want to quote again from Back to the Front, which I think I sent you and Ryan, John, a clip of this uh, or a picture of it because um, it's just quite a funny story. And this is You Cliff. probably have. Yeah, th- th- this, this is Cliff and... Um, uh, so yeah, this is basically Kirk Hammett talking about Metallica in 1986. They're supporting Ozzy Osbourne. It's their kind of it's their giant break. Sort of they were big already, but you know they people were leaving after them. Sort of thing. They were selling unbelievable amounts of merch. It, you know they're performing the best mm. in their lives. Sort of thing. So so cool. And this is Kirk Hammett uh, talking about the tour. He says, "Quote: The rule about Ozzy came from." his production manager Bobby Thompson we were besides ourselves I mean obviously we were huge Sabbath fans actually I was even a bigger Randy Rhodes fan I remember playing my black Randy Rhodes flying V one night and Ozzy watching from the side I thought what if he wants to talk to me about Randy 
And I was supposed to just ignore him. It was really weird, but it was at the time in Ozzy's, Ozzy's career when he's trying to get a little more in control and less of a raging, drug-fueled alcoholic. There was a really funny incident that happened somewhere in the Midwest. Ozzy's bus was in front of ours on the freeway, and we both pulled into the same truck stop. Everyone pulled off our bus, except Cliff. <laughs> you remember this? I, yeah, I have, I have yeah. Um, everyone pulled off our bus, except Cliff, and everyone pulled off Ozzy's bus, except Ozzy. Everyone went inside the truck stop, except those two guys. And what happened was, Ozzy stumbled onto our bus looking for some booze, just as Cliff was lighting up a joint. We got back a while later, and Cliff's sitting there smiling, and I'm like, what's up, bro? I just smoked a joint with Ozzy. Dude, what the fuck? We've been avoiding Ozzy at every turn, and here's Cliff getting stoned with him about any of the entourage or handlers around. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Cliff, just a nice little kind of uh, anecdote there to close it out. And Anesthesia lives on, you know, in, in a great way. It's been performed 125 times by the <laughs> band, uh, according to Metallica.com. The first performance was March 5th, weirdly my birthday, but there we go, uh, quite a few years before that, 1983 in San Francisco. I think that was at the Stone. I may be wrong there. I may be misquoting. It was last performed June 8th, uh, 2013 in Detroit, Michigan. I believe uh, Rob played a little bit of it very recently on the American tour. I don't know where. Uh, I, know, I know it was in a few places recently. But, you know, the song, it's great that Rob still covers it, isn't it, John? Yeah, I mean, personally, I feel like I don't, I don't want to disrespect anyone here, but I feel like he's my favourite uh, Metallica bass player so far. Cliff is. No, uh, trio. Oh, trio. Yeah, I guess there's a play. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think it pulls it off very well. Um, are you going to see them in October? I am seeing them in Birmingham, yeah, October 30th. Fantastic. Are you, are you going? Uh, I'm going to London on the 22nd. Oh, oh man, yeah, no. Um, I, yeah, I cannot wait. Obviously, we'll have to do... It's, have... it's going to be fantastic. Yeah! <laughs> we, we, um, I'm so excited. Uh, We've had our fair share of uh, meeting up to watch live videos of the band, so uh, I will have to do it again soon. Yeah, yeah, man. focusing on Metallica. I mean, I'm sure I'll have you on for another song beforehand, but I'll definitely have you on for sure. Yeah, um, to do you know your little review of the London show. It'd be great to hear what you think, and obviously I'll do the Birmingham one as well. Anyone, yeah, def- the, anyone, definitely. Anyone out there going to the Birmingham show? Let me know. It'd be great to meet up beforehand. You know, let me know uh, if if you're going to any of the UK shows, whatever. We'll just do you know some good coverage of it. But yeah, I cannot fucking wait to see it. Them. It's not a front. It's not a front. He is a fun guy in person, so thank do get hold of yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate that. But um, everyone, uh, get in contact with me. You know, what are your feelings on this song? Your feelings about Cliff? Have you enjoyed this episode? You know, I've tried to do a few more quotes this episode. Do you want this kind of style? It's more because of Cliff, rather. I can't really do any quotes about wasting my hate or anything like that. You know what I mean? So we got to sort <laughs> of uh, we got to <laughs> fuck that song. We got to do our context in a in a certain roundabout way you know I, I like i like the hate mail column i think that was a good idea. yeah i mean hopefully that won't continue but if it does <laughs> you know maybe maybe we've uh Did, didn't people. you have a meme created after you after the whole uh battle rap royal yeah yeah on my on my other podcast there was a meme created if you want to know about that go to battle rap resume uh check that, check that podcast out as well. john um of course i can't let you go about mentioning pleasure house man you're you're in, you're in quite the burgeoning um, british band yeah we're um we're having fun we're uh doing well we're enjoying ourselves yeah we're just in the middle of a tour promoting our newly released ep sentient so yeah we just i think we're in uh leicester tomorrow which is saturday well i mean probably being out after then but how do people listen to your music follow you online uh it's it's all it's all over the place like just search pleasure house um band or pleasure house uk uh facebook twitter instagram everything Mm -hmm. all that shit hits up Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely do definitely check them out um you know and john 
this is this has been great to have you on man seriously it's been a lot of fun yeah thanks for having me um it, it has been fun yes yes um so yeah check out pleasure house band they're really good obviously you know subscribe to all their stuff like all their stuff please subscribe to our show like our show leave us a review on itunes as well um next up what do we have next let me just check on the list here um because i've got all my things organized so well next up we have astronomy um which i'm really excited to have you know i've got an american guest on really excited to get into that with him we're doing the blue oyster cult thing then atlas rise and then attitude uh yes yeah, so we've got an uh, interesting kind of next couple of weeks on the show thank you to everyone for listening thank you to everyone who uh digs the show enjoys the show subscribes to the show thank you to metallica and john finally thank you man <laughs> thank you very much and thank you to metallica again